for Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan, presented by Greenbelt Premium and Devonis, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football speculation and advice. Fantasy Football Weekly is brought to you by Fanball.com, Town Hall Family, Greater Twin Cities Honda Dealers, Joe Sensors. Hudson Ford, and by Park Tavern. Now, now, along with Fanball.com, Scott Fish, Matt Harrison, and Brian Johnson, here's the fans, Paul Charchian. Good morning, welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. My co-host today, Scott Fish and Matt Harrison. Good morning. Hi. It helps if you turn your mic Good on. Good morning. Radio professionals. <laughs> my, my mic is on. All right. Well, I, maybe it helps to speak into the mic. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I have an extra bounce in my step because of the guillotine league. Oh, so funny. It was, it was all speculation until now, but now it's real. We've had the first week in the guillotine league, and it was so exciting. So, as a very quick reminder for people who don't, maybe don't recall the premise of the Guillotine League, every week we have to start with 17 teams, and every week the bottom scoring team gets lopped off, they're done, and the roster goes to free agency. So, in my draft, I decided to, never having done one, who has, uh, I decided to implement a strategy that was almost entirely predicated on safe players, and that means non-running backs, so that I, I wouldn't end up with a bunch of high-risk players and get knocked out early, and then I'd hit the waiver wire hard for running backs early and just spend my money early on running backs. Leonard Fournette got yeah, Leonard Fournette's team got cut. They were it, out in week one. It was a celebrity who hit the hit the uh, skids in our league, too. It, it was. Local celebrity, Randy Shaver. Oh, I wasn't going to out him. Oh, I outed him. And <laughs> his team his team lost. Stefan Diggs went to the waiver wire. Yep. Leonard Fournette went to the waiver wire. Deshaun Fawts, uh, Watson. Deshaun Watson went to the <laughs> one waiver of these wire. weeks. You, one of these you weeks. You can't uh, get Deshaun Watson's name right, no, no matter how hard you try. It's <laughs> at least it, he keeps with Texans like DeAndre and and that Arian is, Foster. That is generally I mean, true. It was thrilling, and I I agonized about how much to bid on Fournette because he's a, he fits directly into my strategy. So a thousand dollar fab. I have a thousand dollar fab to spend all year long. I put in. 620 of it Ooh. on Fournette. Knowing that I might not even get him this week, I could get bounced out this week because <laughs> my running backs aren't that good, and I just picked up Fournette, and I'm very nervous about starting him this week, as you'll hear more about later. I could end up losing, and Fournette could hit the waiver wire twice in two weeks. Maybe Fournette's the cursed child. Maybe it's going to work that e- way. Every, every team that gets him oh, it's so much gets fun. cut. I just I haven't been this sort of re-energized about fantasy football, and I am I always love it, but it's just this is just so new and cool and different. I I'm just I, I love it, and all these people tweeting at me about you know who got knocked out of their who got knocked out, what players got knocked out of their leagues, and how yeah. much their bidding is and everything. Ah, oh, it's just a blast. I had several people asking, "Are you guys going to write an article on uh, what I should bid on Todd Gurley in my guillotine?" <laughs> well, well, no, because we'd have to write an article literally on every player in the entire NFL. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I want to be sure to thank our decade-long sponsor, Grain Belt Premium, the official beer of fantasy football. Do not forget to play the Crush Charge Challenge at GrainBelt.com. And as always, many thanks to our friends at the brewery. That's Sean Ryan and Brett Moss and Lee Windiger and 
the owners, Ted and Jody Marty, and all the great people in uh, New Elm. We love the Crush Charge Challenge. You can play that now. It's free. You can win $2,000 and be part of our winner's banquet at Manny's in January. Uh, let's uh, dive into the matchups, beginning with the Browns taking on the Saints. Scott, I've got to believe that the Saints defense uh, plays a lot closer to the group that we saw for 17 games last year than the the group that got obliterated by Stu Beard last week. It has to, right? That's has to. That complete anomaly. It's like they were still in preseason form or something. Uh, on the Browns passing game side, I'm going to talk about Tyrod Taylor in the next segment, so I'm just going to skip over him for a second here. Okay. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I'm giving him an A grade. He had 15 targets last week. 15. 15. And we we talked about in the preseason how much they were targeting him. Uh, I don't, I think he's pretty matchup proof. Uh, so I'm, I'm just giving him an A grade and moving on. Yeah. Uh, But where, but where do those 15, who does that, who gets impacted by him getting 15? Ah. Josh Gordon. It, it could be. Right, jo- Gordon had four targets. He only had four targets, but one was an end zone target. Mm-hmm. And I, I think without the wind... That was a sweet catch, by the way. Did you see it that? It was. It was. Without the wind in a dome, I like Gordon a little bit better, even though he might get some Marshawn Latimer treatment for some of the game. Uh, I think he'll, he played 69 snaps last week after they wanted to put him on a pitch count, which did not happen. But I still give Gordon a B grade. I think he's primed for a big touchdown at some point during this game, potentially, and I think that could save his day. Najoku, on the other t- hand, I'm benching. Uh, seven targets last week, did not do much. Brayton Howard didn't do much against the Saints last year. Saints were top five against tight ends last year, only allowing two tight ends over 50 yards. Mm. Uh, uh, I'm just benching Najoku. I'm benching Duke Johnson again. I correctly called that last week. Nice I, job. I still think he's a bench this week. Why? Uh, mo- mostly because the well, the Saints are middle of the pack uh, against uh against pass-catching running backs. But I think the game script is going to go away from this. And Hyde can catch, and they gave Hyde 23 touches. I think Duke Johnson's involvement, is his snap percentage, is just not where I want to see it. Mm. He did have six targets, but it it just wasn't able to do anything with him. Uh, Carlos Hyde, that's why I'm giving him a C grade. I actually don't like the matchup here. Uh, The Saints were middle of the pack against running backs in many many categories, but they had a top five showing against running backs in week one. Maybe that's Barber, uh, but the 23 touches that Hyde gets, uh, I don't know that he gets that this week, but they want to give him volume. I think he's startable because of that volume. Hyde only averaged, what, two and a half yards per carry last week? Right, but he Uh, does get all the red zone carries, too. That helps. He was top five. Even though Nick Chubb, in theory... Should be built for it. I know, but he's right? just been so invisible. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, I believe he only had three touches last week. Uh, and, yeah, Hyde was top five in the NFL in, in carry, uh, touches inside the five last year. On the on the same side, Breeze is an easy A for me here. Uh, look, Pittsburgh was <laughs> – Ben Roethlisberger was able to put up 335 and, and a few touchdowns last week. Uh, the Browns were sixth worst against fantasy quarterbacks last year. Mm. Um, and – Against bottom seven pass defenses, Breeze averaged 324 yards per game last year. So, All right. like that, like his guy Michael Thomas, who had uh, eight for 90 yards in each half last yeah, how about that? <laughs> symmetrical perfection there. Uh, and Juju and Brown crushed the Browns last week. A for Thomas. I'm only giving Ginn a C. He's coming in possibly injured. Uh, he should play, though. Uh, Cleveland middle of the pack against wide receivers last we, last year, but we saw Juju and Brown do it. So I think Ginn is startable. Watson is where I... First off, Kamara, obvious A. Obvious Yeah, just move on. Uh, Ben Watson, love it. I told you to pre-spec pick him up for this matchup last week. 
Browns were bottom four against tight ends last year. They've allowed twelve different tight ends to score six or to score or top sixty yards in the last seventeen games. Jesse James had sixty yards on the Browns last week. Exactly, exactly. So uh, they're bottom three in receptions and touchdowns allowed to tight ends last year. Uh, I actually have Watson as weirdly an A grade, a low A, but Jeez. I think I think he finishes the week as a top twelve tight end. Wow. Yep. Well, I don't. Top twelve doesn't necessarily mean an A. I mean, that's, you know, that just means it's a starting grade. That could be a C is still a starting grade. Ben Watson qualifies for take a chance on me, really, and you're giving and you didn't use him. No, but, well, really but you're giving him an A grade. I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't need to. I I think Ben Watson top sixty yards, and I'm I'm fairly certain. I, I, I would almost bet on him gain a score, too. Panthers take on the Falcons, Matt. I'm nervous about the Panthers missing three starting offensive linemen. One went on IR in the preseason, Matt Khalil. Another one went on IR this week, and another player's not going to go. Uh, what do you think about Carolina? Yeah, Daryl Williams and Trey Turner are the other guys that are out this week, as is Greg Olson, who occasionally stayed in to block. Mm-hmm. Um, he's out for a long period of time, maybe the season, maybe a career. However... That kind of bodes well for Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey averaged 8.3 targets, 6 receptions, and 45 receiving yards, along with 3 receiving touchdowns in the 8 games that Greg Olson missed last year. Wow. So I'm giving him a B grade. Despite promising that he'd see 25 to 30 touches from Norv Turner and Ron Rivera, CMC only had 10 carries last week, which is just his fourth career game in which he received double-digit carries in a game. Wow. Both Cam Newton and Alex Arma vultured a touchdown from him. The touchdowns are going to be really murky for Christian McCaffrey this year, especially with C.J. Anderson there and Cam Newton running. Still, Atlanta's offense has allowed the most running back receptions in each of the last two years. That's why he's a solid B this week. Uh, C.J. Anderson's on the bench. All he's doing is ruining McCaffrey's value. Uh, Cam Newton, he gets a C grade. He's not topped 200 passing yards against the Falcons in five straight games. But he he did average eight rushing attempts and 52 rushing yards in those five games, along with two rushing scores. So he's going to be active in the run game here. The only other guy on the Panthers' side that's worth a look is Devin Funchess, who I gave a C. Uh, Funchess and Jarius Wright, former Viking, each had five targets last last week. Uh, DJ Moore, the rookie, didn't see one. And it's worth noting in the last five games that Olsen missed last season, Devin Funchess averaged 81 yards and scored in four of those five games. Yeah, So that's pretty good stuff. I I think he's better than a C grade, and especially with Keanu Neal out. In the, C, uh, in the secondary for the Falcons. Yeah. I like Funches more than you do. Uh, you okay. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Uh, Julio Jones gets the obvious A grade. Remember last year against Carolina? 12 ca- catches, 300 yards, and one touchdown Oof. in that one game in yeah. Atlanta. Uh, the, the notable thing, though, Matt Ryan has completed only one of his last 20 targets to Julio Jones in the end zone. Wow. Only Man, you know how hard it is to miss Julio nice. Jones 19 of 20 times in the end zone? He's done it. That's nuts. <laughs> so that's why that's why Julio's not getting touchdowns. That's why he hasn't gotten touchdowns in years. Matt Ryan can't target him well in the end zone. So uh, is it play calling though? It might be. He might be getting Sarkeesianed. Yeah, I think there's a chance that that's the case. Uh, the rest of the passing game is on the bench. Sanu, Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper, 6-2 and four targets respectively. As a Falcon, Sanu has topped 56 yards only once in four tries against Carolina. And Hooper hasn't topped 50 yards in over a year. Matt Ryan also on the bench. 48.8. What? 
Yeah, he's on the bench. Matt Ryan. So let me get this straight. Super bench. A quarterback who in his last two years of matchups with Carolina, last two years of matchups, so four matchups, his average game, 353 yards yes. and two and a half touchdowns. And I'm putting him and on the bench. And you're putting Matt Ryan on the bench. It's a bold call, Cotton. Let's see how this pays off. 48.8 completion percentage last week. The worst he's had since 2011. If he was playing the Eagles again, I'd say, yeah, I'd keep him on the bench too. Plus, I don't know about you, Charge, but I tend to like touchdowns from my quarterbacks. Yeah, so I'd take two and a half, which he averages against this opponent over the last two years. Do you know what he's done in the last 10 games? Tell me. He's never once in 10 games had two touchdown passes. Mm, One like or zero in 10 straight games. I don't like Matt that. Matt Ryan's bad. Um, it's possible Matt Ryan's I bad. Know. I don't know. I don't think he's bad. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, necessarily agree. The last guy I'll mention, Tevin Coleman. He's a B, teetering on an A because Devontae Freeman's out with a knee injury this week. And Thomas Davis is missing from the Panthers' linebacking core. Carolina allowed 4.7 yards per carry to the Dallas backs last week. Coleman had at least 15 touches in a game four times last year. He scored in three of those four games. And in the other one, he had 104 total yards. So I like Tevin Coleman getting 15 to 20 touches this week and probably being pretty successful with them. I've got Tevin Coleman way up at running back number 13 this week. That's uh, A grade territory for me. Yep. And I think he's, you absolutely start him when, when one of the, one or the other is out for the Falcons. The guy who's in usually does very, very well. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right. When uh, we come back. Take a chance on me. Nine players upon whom you can take a chance. Find out who they are when we come back. Your neighbor hung a green and gold flag on their porch, which is unacceptable to any Minnesota Vikings fan. So what do you do? You buy the tallest flagpole allowed by the FAA and the largest Vikings flag to go with it because you won big playing the new Vikings scratch games from the Minnesota Lottery. And with a top prize of up to $100,000, how you spend your winnings is up to you. Yes, it pays to be a fan. Minnesota Lottery. I'm in. Must be 18 or older to play. This doesn't sound like taking a chance on me. Number one on the CD. Uh. Yeah, I'm dancing. <laughs> I never want to see that again. <laughs> Matt dancing in the studio. Well, okay, it's week two, so that means we should technically be playing track two. Let's try track two. <laughs> because this doesn't, if this doesn't take a chance of me, I don't hear it at all. I need words. <laughs> words. <laughs> words. Saw Beck on Thursday. He was yeah, great. I saw you tweeting about that. There we go. This is taking. This I can at least recognize as take a chance. <laughs> Nine players not normally in your starting lineup, many of whom are available on the waiver wire. We begin at the quarterback position. Scott. Oh, I, I teased it last segment. Tyrod Taylor. Uh, throughout his career before this season, Tyrod had averaged five rushes for just under 40 yards per game. That's a great safe four to go with his 200 yards and a touchdown he averages. <clears throat> he had 77 yards rushing last week. Ninth among that would have been ninth among running backs last week. The Saints allowed 36 yards and a touchdown to Stu Beard last year or last week, and six different quarterbacks to score or surpass 30, year, 30 yards rushing last week or last year. I, I love him for his rushing floor this week. All right, Matt. 
cue the peacock because I'm going back to the well and my take a chance on me quarterback last week. Uh, it's a preemptive. It's a preemptive peacock. I got to see what you're. Can we say. do that? Because I'll just take Kenny Stills every week then. <laughs> wow. Uh, Case Keenum. He was my take a chance on me quarterback last week. Through the first half, it wasn't looking good. But then he ended no. up with 323 yards and three touchdown passes against this against the uh, Seahawks. This week he gets the Oakland Raiders, who do not have Khalil Mack on roster anymore, and that pass rush really didn't show up against the Rams. Mm-hmm. They only recorded two hits on Jared or on Jared Goff last week, so it's going to be a clean pocket for Keenum, who was one of the best in the league last year when he had a clean pocket. He should go relatively unscathed in this game. He's going to put up another 303. Mark it down. All right, three hundred three. I like the you're uh, I like you're making your call here. Nick Foles looked bad in the preseason. He looked bad in Week One. It all comes together against Tampa Bay, uh, unless Brent Grimes makes a remarkable return from his groin injury. The Bucks are going to be starting three backups at cornerback. Their number one, number two, and number three cornerbacks are all out. They're going to be starting Ryan Smith, M. J. Stewart, and Carlton Davis as their starting. Cornerback. I bet everybody in our listening audience knows no, somebody. So they named break down Ryan Smith. Guys. No, they know Ryan, somebody. Oh, they know named Ryan, Ryan Smith. Smith. Sure. Mm, I don't think they do, but maybe <laughs> it is a very generic name. Uh, Foles started two road games over the last uh, couple of seasons and excellent in both, averaging, or sorry, totaling 460 yards and six touchdowns. I, you know, if you consider the Super Bowl a road game and it was at least a neutral game, then those numbers get even higher. It's a great matchup against the terrible Bucks secondary that let Drew Brees eviscerate them last week. Nick Foles. Let's go to the running back position. I'm sticking on the same team with Corey Clement. Uh, Darren Sproles is out this week, yeah, and his touches have to go somewhere, and the Eagles consistently give their running backs about 30 touches. They don't seem to want to give a Ajayi more than 15. Right. Where are those going to go? I think Corey Clement has has decent game. He had five carries inside the from the five-yard line and in after Ajayi got there last year. Ajayi got the one last week, but yeah. I think there might be opportunity there as well. All right. I'm sticking with the same team as my quarterback as well. I'm going with Philip Lindsay, who burst onto the scene out Running of nowhere. Back, but yes. Uh, so Royce Freeman's the big back. He's 6 230. Yeah. He didn't record a target in that game. No. Philip Lindsay is On the, the pass other catcher. Hand, yes. He's 5'7, 184. He's very Sprolesian. He is Sprolesian. Uh, what headsian. Lindsay had three targets. That's not a lot, but he got two catches at 31 yards and a touchdown in the air. He also was on the field for 35% of the snaps, where Royce Freeman, only on the field for 39% of the snaps. They both mirrored each other with 15 carries for 71 yards, so he was Denver's top running back scorer in Week 1. He's facing an Oakland defense this week who allowed five catches, 57 yards, and one touchdown to Rams running backs just through the air last week. Austin Eckler is my take a chance on me. There's our music. Thank you, Tony. CD uh, player hates me today. Yeah, well, that's a, it's not just the CD player that hates you. Austin Eckler. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> uh, Austin Eckler's got an amazing matchup with Buffalo. Of course, this is San Diego's backup running back. Uh, the Bills lost by 44 points in the opener. They took a bigger drubbing when they faced the Chargers last year when the Chargers put up 54 points on Buffalo. Eckler scored in that game last year, and this great game script looks just like last week's. Last week, Baltimore went to Buffalo, ran up a big score, and then all their backup running backs got all these carries. Yep. Same thing's going to happen here. They're, they're Chargers are going to score a bunch of points, and then here, you know, Melvin Gordon's going to have a great game, and then here comes Eckler, and he'll be involved in the passing game throughout as well. 
a great opportunity for Austin Eckler. I got a fun fact on that. He was my take a chance on me against Buffalo last year. He was. I had a different nice. theory that two backs get over double digit fantasy points on Buffalo multiple regularly. Times, but yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's going to happen here too. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go to the wide receiver slash tight end position, Scott. I'm going with Dante Pettis here. He was a he was a nice sneaky pickup, and if you haven't picked him up yet, you should. The coaching staff is raving, raved in the preseason about him. Is raving about how he could have huge game with Goodwin potentially out, probably out this week, or definitely out now. I believe uh, he showed against Minnesota what he did on. You know, he only had two catches, but he could have had a lot more. He was overthrown at least on one. Uh, 61 yards and a touchdown. I think he's going to be in the game a lot and get a have a pretty decent day. All right. I usually go to the tight end market on this. Yeah. Because uh, I'm the tight end whisperer. Okay. That's right. Self-proclaimed. Um, people lost Greg Olson. People lost Delaney Walker. I'm going to pick up Delaney Walker's backup. That's Janu Smith. Houston allowed the sixth most yards and receptions to the tight ends last position last season. The fourth most touchdowns. They also got roasted by Gronk last week for 123 yards and a touchdown. Smith comes in as the starter now that they've lost Delaney Walker in Tennessee. Walker had seven targets last week, and he averaged seven targets per game last season. And the wide receivers are kind of banged up well. Corey Davis was not, was uh, the only heavily involved player, but he's got a hamstring injury this week. So we might be dumping off to Janu Smith quite a bit this week. Danny Amendola's owned in 2% of leagues. He gets the Jets this week and got targeted. Amendola got targeted six times last week in his very first game with his new team, the Dolphins. He runs. This is the important part. He runs out of the slot. That matches him up with busted screen door. Oh no! Yeah, Buster screen. This is the same Buster screen that you saw flailing after Golden Tate as he raced into the end zone last week. The Lions abuse screen to the point that they targeted Golden Tate in the slot fifteen times. Unreal. Because they love that matchup with Buster screen so much. Yep. So here comes Danny Amendola. I like Amendola, and we'll get the same. I don't, I'm not predicting 15 targets. That might be a bit excessive, <laughs> but we'll take 10 for Danny Amendola you, out of the slot. Buster Screen came off the field injured for a second, and I thought, does it matter? <laughs> he went back oh, in. I'm oh, like, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> did it matter? Can it get worse? Yeah. Probably not. And they didn't even put a player on to replace him. They just played with 10 men. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that is the true definition of addition by subtraction. There it is. When you just take somebody off the field and you don't even replace him. Uh, Vikings take on the Packers. Uh, we get we get to the Packers side. We'll talk a little more about Aaron Rodgers and what might happen there. But on the Vikings side, I think there's a lot to like here, and I got a lot of A and B grades. A grades for Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. Thielen will go up against slot cornerback rookie slot cornerback Jair Alexander, getting just his second NFL start. That is a massive advantage for Adam Thielen. Um, really, Alexander wasn't even tested in the opener. They only threw to their slot. Bears only threw to their slot receiver, Anthony Miller, three times in that game. Uh, Thielen, terrific matchup. St- uh, Stefan Diggs, great chemistry with Cousins in the preseason. It continued into week one with a fantastic touchdown. Diggs has a favorable matchup with Kevin King, who really struggled against the Bears' tepid receivers, none of which, have, none of whom are nearly as good as, as Diggs is. Kirk Cousins gets a B grade. Um, yeah, while with the Redskins, he faced the Packers twice, put up 704 yards and five touchdowns, didn't throw an interception. Great track record while with the Redskins against these Packers. And this is a Packers rebuilt secondary that looked capable against Mitch Trubisky, 
But that's not even close to what's coming here with Cousins and Diggs and Thielen B-grade for him. And staying with the passing game, Kyle Rudolph has logged more receiving yards against the Packers than any team in his career. But in five Green Bay games, his average game is just 29 yards, three receptions, and 0.2 touchdowns. I got a stat for you, too. In games where Cook, Diggs, and Thielen play, Rudolph only averages 3.4 targets. Odd man out. How about that? Dalvin Cook looked, and I still have a B grade on him for uh, for touchdown prospects here. The linebacking group for uh, for Green Bay is in a certain amount of disarray, so I still like him here. And but I don't think you're going to get a lot of volume. We're hoping for a touchdown. Dalvin Cook looked awesome when he wasn't getting smothered behind the line of scrimmage on runs. In the passing game, in particular, he was amazing with his elusiveness and how many he forced countless missed tackles and. I like him here a lot. The Packers allowed the Bears running back tandem of Howard and Cohen to run for over five yards per carry. I think there's an excellent chance that would get Dalvin Cook does the same thing here. Also, Howard and Cohen combined for eight catches in week one. Cook logged with 10, uh, 10 missed tackles, uh, which is just amazing. Unreal. Yeah, broken tackles. He's, he's fantastic. All right, let's go to the Green Bay Packers. We're going to assume Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Yeah, that the hobbly Aaron Rodgers. Yes, the, yeah. I, we're going to assume for our purposes here he's going to play, but he will not have his usual mobility, which really does take a lot off the table for him. He's as deadly as a of a quarterback there's ever been history of the NFL running passing on the run. I don't think that's going to happen as much here. Instead, you are going to get with limited mobility a lot of short passes. The Vikings are going to know mostly that that's coming, and they, I, I think this is going to be a certain amount of frustration here. If um if he's confined to the pocket, Vikings defensive line just pins their ears back, and they're they're playing to get to a spot on the field, which you can't normally do with Rodgers. It could be uh it could be a tough day for him. I don't think there's a guarantee that he. I'm not I'm not predicting he doesn't finish the game, but I think you should be aware there's a chance that Aaron Rodgers does not finish the game. I'm giving him a B grade out of respect to his ability, and anything could happen. I nobody would be surprised. It would be just like Aaron Rodgers to come out of this with four touchdowns. Um, but there are so many things working against him that you don't normally see. I think you should show caution. Devontae Adams has got a shoulder injury, but probably plays through that. He's going to draw Xavier Rhodes. It's physical physical receiver versus physical cornerback. they got to get rid of the ball quickly. That's going to reduce yards after catch for Devontae Adams. I'm, I'm nervous about him as well. I'm giving him a cautious B grade here. Randall Cobb's got the most fascinating matchup of the receivers, though, because he will, working out of the slot, get first-round rookie Mike Hughes. I thought Hughes played pretty well last week. Not not great, uh, but well enough. Still advantage Cobb, who's obviously a seasoned veteran and had a huge game on Sunday night. Geronimo Allison has got is their straight-line speed guy. He gets the Vikings straight-line speed guy, Trey Waynes, for much of this matchup. Um, Waynes is an all-or-nothing guy. I think given all the issues that Rodgers may have, Holding the ball for more than two seconds, I don't think the downfield passing comes along. I've got a bench grade on Geronimo Allison. And then rounding out the passing game, Jimmy Graham, just two catches in the opener, targeted just four times. You're looking for touchdowns here, but the Vikings don't generally give up a ton of touchdowns. All that said, George Kittle was on his way to a monster game, and he still had 90 yards. Could have been 150 yards and a touchdown if just a couple of things would have clicked. Still, um, Jimmy Graham feels doesn't feel like a particularly safe play, and I've got him as a C grade here, and I think they might want to use him to help block. Lastly, the running game. C grade on Jamal Williams. Vikings held San Francisco runners to just 3.6 yards per carry, and 
That's what they allowed uh, on average last year as well, just 3.6 yards per carry. Williams uh, started the Week 16 matchup against the Vikings, just 58 yards and 3.9 yards per carry. So it just there's nothing to like here. Vikings only allowed five runners to score rushing touchdowns last year. If it comes out late on Sunday that Deshaun Kaiser is starting, yeah, all Packers are on the bench, right? I, 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 I would still start Devontae Adams in most leagues, probably down to a flex level. Okay, that's it. Everybody else to me is on the bench. Yep, Deshaun. That's I think it's I think it comes down to that. If it turns out it's a Deshaun Kaiser game. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not that Kaiser is completely non-functional, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. And the Vikings defense is awfully good and I think would feast on him. So, yeah, I think at that point, that's, that's, the, only, that's the only play left. Let's take a break. When we come back, Chargers taking on the Bills. We already told you about Austin Eckler. Are there any Chargers you don't play in this game? Find out when we come back. This afternoon at 2.30, the Minnesota Gophers host Miami of Ohio on the radio home of the Gophers. FM 100.3 KFAN, the fan. Welcome back to the show, Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. Uh, a quick reminder: we are offering, we are offering at Fanball.com a free twenty-five thousand dollar contest. Twenty-five thousand dollar contest at Fanball.com. We are quintupling the prize from last week. Yeah. And all you have to do: go to Fanball.com/radio, set a lineup, register for the site, bang. You're in. You got a chance at the $5,000 grand prize. The total prize pool, $25,000. Fanball.com slash radio. Let's jump back into the matchups. Pronto. Chargers taking on the Bills. Scott, I like every charter. Yeah, I, I pretty like Dan m- Fouts in this one. Yeah, yeah well, obviously, Eklar was your take home in the last bit. Yeah. Mel- Melvin might Gordon. even start marrying butts. Yeah, I like that. Ooh, nice, nice. <laughs> oh, man. Natron Means getting in there. Okay, so uh, Melvin Gordon's an obvious A. He led the team in targets last week, so and they want to get him to, in the receiving game. If that continues, uh, he's going to be an A all year. Keenan Allen's an obvious A. Uh, Air, uh, Rivers, also an A grade for me. With, with a game like this that's set for a blowout, you always have to remember, how did they get to that blowout? Mm-hmm. Like, how did they get all these points that it was a blowout? So yeah. I think Rivers and Gordon and Allen, all those guys get a ton of points early on. Yeah, Mike Williams... Starting uh, second wide receiver in targets last week, uh, I have him. I have him as a, a B grade here. Uh, it could be, it, and that's mostly because Benjamin is likely out. Mm-hmm. If Benjamin plays, I think that takes away from Ty, Ty Williams more. But uh, currently, I have Ty Williams with a C grade there. He scored a touchdown last week. He's an interesting deep sleeper in this one. He is. He really is. But if Benjamin plays, I'm a little worried about both of those guys. Mm-hmm. But for now, a C grade. And I'm benching all Bills. McCoy's play carries. I'm just benching all the Bills. Yeah. They're gross. That's easy. All right. I love it. Start everybody. Start every viable charger. Yep. Start Except your chargers. Gates. Start your charger. We're charge. not ready to go to Gates yet. Nope. No. 40% snaps, two-point conversion, that's it last week. He may be it, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Texans uh, at the Titans, Matt. On the Texans' side, the offensive line couldn't have looked worse. They lost their right tackle for the year. Mm-hmm. This is um, this is a Texans offense that I think is going to be a little more inconsistent than people think, but this matchup could be promising. What do you think? Yeah, they did lose a former Minnesota guy, Chantrell Henderson. He was their mm-hmm. right tackle for the season. That makes things slightly worse. Um 
According to Evan Silva, Deshaun Watson faced pressure on 54% of his dropbacks last week against the Patriots. The Patriots' pass rush in 2017 was horrible. He was hit 12 times and sacked three times. That's not good. Still, there's so much potential. I can't give him a bench grade. He toasted the Titans' defense last year for 283 yards and four touchdowns through the air. And oh, by the way, added on a rushing score as well. So I'm still giving him a B grade in this game, and I, but it's high risk, high reward for sure. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins gets the easy A. Not ready to go for Will Fuller yet. They say he's going to play. He's on my bench still, though. I want to wait and see how the hamstring shakes out for an entire week and see that he's healthy before I put him in my starting lineup. Yeah, Lamar Miller, the last Texan we got to mention, he hit the 20 carry mark in week one. He only did that twice in 2017, and he's had two positive games against Tennessee last year. 131 131 total yards and two scores in the first meeting, 94 yards on 19 touches in the second, and the Titans allowed 4.7 yards per carry to the Dolphins running backs last week. On the Titans' side, it's gross. Marcus Mariota's on the bench because he injured his elbow late in that six-hour game last week. Yeah, He lost Delaney Walker for the season. Both his right tackle and his left tackle are not going to play. That's and Pro Football brutal. Talk record, reported that Blaine Gabbert is also going to take snaps in this game. Why? I, I think that elbow is worse than their uh, letting on. Man. It might be a Blaine Gabbert game overall. Corey Davis, he's getting a C grade. He got 13 targets last week, including three in the red zone, but he's limited by a hamstring injury. He's the only wide receiver that you can start, though. Outside of Davis, all other wide receivers on the Titans totaled four targets combined. And Jonu Smith was my take-a-chance-on-me tight end. He might be the only other guy in the receiving game in play, besides Deion Lewis. I think Lewis ends up being the biggest beneficiary of the Walker injury this year. He had eight targets last week, five catches, for 35 yards through the air. If you add in his 16 carries and 75 yards and a score on the ground, he looked really good. Derrick Henry, I'm giving him a C grade. Henry had a rushing stat line of 10 carries for 26 yards last week. That sucks. Yes, that does suck. It does not include a 65-yard touchdown run that was called back for a phantom holding call where Delaney Walker's palms were to the sky. Yeah, I saw that. And he's getting face-masked by the Miami defender. Yep. And they called it back as a holding call on Delaney Walker. If you add in that run, he finishes <laughs> with 91 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. And so that's okay. It's a little bit like Saquon Barkley's day. That got salvaged by one good run. Yeah. yeah. So with Mariota injured and the possibility of Gabbert, I imagine the Titans are just going to attempt to keep the ball on the ground as much as possible. So I think it's both viable for Henry and Lewis to play. But I, at low levels for both. I low don't, levels I, for I don't like. I don't like an injured quarterback. I don't like not having my starting talent. Tackles. I, I. What's bad for the offense is bad for the offense. They're my number thirty-six and thirty-nine running backs. Yep. Let's go to the Colts and the Washington Redskins. Hey, that's me. I gotta believe the plan was not to give Andrew Luck fifty-three passes in the opener. You it's should drop that. that guy. Jeez. Totally drop that guy. Yeah, we should drop that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, they can't keep that pace up, and I gotta believe they're gonna make every effort to dial it back here, and particularly if Marlon Mack returns. But he could throw you know twenty less passes, and he'd still be sitting on a thirty-three pass outing, which wouldn't be all bad. Redskins dominated Sam Bradford last week. Luck's got a better offensive line, and he's just playing better than Sam Bradford. So I think he finds some success here, but I've only got a C grade on him. Um, I still, I, my feeling is the the shoulder is still not close to one hundred percent. But the fact they let him throw fifty three times is probably a good sign. Uh, T. Y. Hilton. 
A grade, and maybe an obvious A grade at that, targeted 11 times in week one. That only happened once all last season with Jacoby Brissett. So obviously having luck back helps Hilton a lot. He will match up a lot with Josh Norman. But Josh Norman is not a shutdown cornerback anymore. That's just a neutral matchup right there. And he also plays from all over the field. That means he will periodically match up against possibly the worst starting cornerback in the league, Fabian Moreau. Don't blame yourself if you don't know Fabian Moreau. He and Buster Screen, 1A and 1B, for worst (laughs) starting slot cornerbacks in the NFL. And that brings us to one of my favorite sneaky plays of the week, Ryan Grant. In a revenge game for Ryan Grant. Targeted nine times last week. Ooh, nine times? Nine times. Nine times. He caught eight of the nine passes. That's going to earn him some additional confidence from Luck, I I feel certain. And he also plays from all over the field, so he too will periodically get Fabian Moreau or their other pedestrian cornerback, Quentin Dunbar. So I like Ryan Grant as a sneaky play here. I'm keeping both Doyle and Ebron on the bench in part because they split work, and I don't like that part of it. The Redskins were susceptible to tight ends last year, but they only gave up 19 tight end yards last week. And I'm keeping all the Indianapolis runners on the bench as well. Marlon Mack comes back, but then how much work does he get? Jordan Wilkins will be in the mix to some degree, but how much work will he get? Naheem Hines, will he continue catching passes when Marlon Mack comes back as he can catch passes too? I'm just going to let this thing shake out. And, of course, Washington dominated David Johnson last week, who's better than all three of those losers combined. (laughs) Let's go to the Washington side of this game. Alex Smith was awesome last week, and he could be even better this week as he faces an easier secondary and... It's his second game in this new offense. He finished, uh, uh, sorry, Colts finished 27th in passing yards allowed last year. And then Andy Dalton was very good against them last week as well. Alex Smith's got better receivers with plus matchups all over the place. I think Alex Smith is an A grade. I wouldn't hesitate to start him here. I think he might end up being one of the guys I whiffed on the worst in my preseason rankings. I thought he would take a step back, leaving Andy Reid and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and... If week one is any indication, Alex Smith's going to be just fine. Let's go to his receivers. Jamison Crowder gets a B grade here. Uh, He was only targeted four times last week, but that will change. Paul Richardson is uh, dinged up. He may not play, although I think he will. And Crowder draws an easy matchup with Indianapolis cornerback Kenny Moore, the second. (laughs) I think Kenny Moore, the first, or Kenny Moore, the third, could be better than Kenny Moore, second. Wow. Baby Kenny Moore. Baby Kenny Moore? Yeah. Imagine the age on Kenny Moore the first played in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. He, you know, he could be 60 out there. Uh, Jordan Reed was uh, it was very good in the opener, and I think he's sitting on a nice one here as well. De- almost an ideal matchup. Indianapolis allowed a tight end touchdown in half of their games last year. He is an A grade at the tight end position. And then lastly, Paul Richardson, if he goes with the shoulder... You could try a flyer on him, too, frankly. He led the team in targets last week, and Richardson faces one of the worst starting cornerbacks in the NFL, Pierre Desir. Lastly, I think you're making up some of these. Names. I know. it's it. These guys stink. And while every time I keep mentioning a cornerback, like, well, that guy's terrible. That guy's terrible. That guy's terrible. You only bring up the worst in everybody. Maybe that's it. <laughs> well, when you're playing Indianapolis, that's going to happen. Uh, let's go to the running backs. Chris Thompson, awesome opening game. We loved him all preseason. He shined in the opener, 128 total yards and a touchdown. Raised his career rushing average to 5.4 yards per carry. Last week, against the same Indianapolis Colts team, Joe Mixon, five catches, 54 yards. I think that's the bottom end for Chris Thompson here. 
Adrian Peterson coming off a very nice game. Last year, no team faced more rushing plays than Indianapolis's defense. And Adrian's all about volume, baby. Mm-hmm. If he gets his carries, eventually good things happen. Um, he got 26 carries last week. He looked sharp, scored a touchdown. I think that's the same kind of prospect here. B grade, Adrian Peterson. Let's take a break. When we come back, three hot questions. We're down from five because we don't have any bye weeks. we got a lot of matchups to work through. It makes it easier for you to go 100%. It didn't help my didn't help my co-host last week, and neither of them did. But maybe you, <laughs> it, you, uh, that's how I remember. You told us it anyway. to drop Andrew Luck. The, well, there is that. <laughs> None of them. I have not been proved. I have not been proven wrong yet. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonis on the Fan Man. Tip of the hat to anybody playing uh, high school fantasy football and had players from the Buffalo Elk versus River. Elk River game. The two teams combined for 150, 150 points. Elk in a River game. wins 80 to 70. 80 to 70. <laughs> Buffalo scored 70 points and lost the game. Buffalo's head coach. Former Viking quarterback Todd Bauman. Todd Bauman's still in town. <laughs> Hi, Todd. Sorry that you lost. You scored. Your team scored seventy points and lost. That is crazy. Was Todd the quarterback? I mean, maybe that's part of why. Maybe they had a pro caliber quarterback. Todd Bauman had some good moments for the Vikings back in the day. Yeah, probably. I remember at one point uh, there was yeah, there was there were some people in town that really wanted Todd to be uh, get an opportunity to be the long term starter. Yeah, he was St. Cloud yeah. State alum. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's fire up our three hot questions. Devani's hot question number one. Should we just drop Doug Baldwin now, Scott? Uh, no. <laughs> He's played hurt many, many times in his career. This is his first missed game in 89 games. It might only be a couple weeks if you believe Petey Sunshine. Uh, two to four weeks, they say. What the I hell's th- Petey Sunshine? Uh, Pete Carroll likes to talk very, very positive oh, about his players. Okay, got it. <laughs> so right. Petey Sunshine. Petey Sunshine. All right. Uh, <laughs> he's a potential league winner if someone drops him and you can just pick him up. I, I would not do that at this point. By the way, PD Sunshine, the combination of two names from, from Remember, Remember the, the Titans. Titans. There we go. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I to me, it sounded like a whiskey. <laughs> PD Sunshine. Um, if I, not, we'll make it. Yeah, I kind of like that Baldwin's going to miss a few weeks, and the reason is is he was going to play all season on one injured knee, right? And then he injured the, the other, other knee. knee, correct? So now he's got maybe a month to sit and get two knees healthy. So if I have a bench that's five players deep and I'm not dealing with a significant amount of Le'Veon Bell's or Joe Mixon's, where I'm going to have to like hold some bench spots for some guys who aren't going to play for a while. All right, there's a lot of ifs. Okay, I'm going to keep Doug Baldwin. <laughs> I, I I don't want to drop Doug Baldwin. Yeah, I think it's it's a little bit too early, but it's 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 tempting right now uh, because you're gonna you drafted him with a reasonably high draft pick, and you're gonna get nothing out of him for quite a while. Uh, but he is by far the best receiver on a team with an excellent quarterback and a terrible defense that's got to fill the scoring role left behind by Jimmy Graham. So the opportunities ultimately will be there, but. I think Doug. You know, it's, we all we all think it's going to be a very difficult season for Doug Baldwin. I don't think there's any chance that he's going to be, as Scott just said, a guy who's going to like lead you to a championship. 
I think he's, you might get lucky on a handful of good games. Hmm. But I don't think he's going to be... If he's really going to play on one bad knee all season long, I don't think uh, I don't think he's going to be a reliable helper, but we're not quite ready to drop him yet. Giovanni's hot question number two. It looks like Sony Michelle will make his NFL debut tomorrow. Are you buying low, or are you just happy to have avoided the Patriots' running backs? Matt? As I usually like to do, I like to give a third answer to to make sure you get wrong. Three hot questions to make sure that I get wrong because I don't think your option is limited to buy low now. I think it might be a better time to buy low around midseason because the Patriots over the last few years have converted in the fall from a very pass heavy offense to November, December after Thanksgiving. They become a very run-oriented offense. That's why Deion Lewis was a top 10 back last season. That's why Tom Brady's numbers are down at the tail end of each season. So I think Sony Michelle's the big winner at the tail end of the season. I'm going to wait. I'm going to buy him so lower your in the middle of the no. season. Your no. answer's no. Don't don't buy him low you, now. Th- All right. So you think his value is actually going to go down? I think it's going to drop gonna, more. Gonna go, he's going to yeah. be so bad early that you'll actually get him cheaper later. I think it's murky in the beginning, and I think you'll get him cheaper later. Uh, I'm buying low. Uh, there are there are people who simply refuse to have a, half your league simply refuses to roster any Patriots running back because you know people get burned on Patriots running backs. But for me, it's all about just paying the right price for the risk and reward that they offer. So to me, I do I do not I don't have this like I'm never taking a Patriots running back. Well, of course I will. Deion Lewis led me to a fantasy championship in or championship game. I lost, but I made it to the championship game last year in, in my charge league. Rex Burkhead was an RB2 in the second half of last year. The year before that, Patriots running back LeGarrette Blunt led the league in touchdowns. There, there, no team has scored more rushing touchdowns than the Patriots over the last five years. There is so, there's so much upside to their running backs. It's all about how much risk they bring and what you have to pay to get it. Right now, you have to pay very little to get Sony Michelle. The owner right now of Sony Michelle contemplated dropping him this week. Trust me, I know. You know, they were looking at the waiver wire going, Philip Lindsay or Sony Michelle? Philip Lindsay or Sony Michelle? Ugh. Right now, you can pay very, very little for him. And I'd like to remind you, Michelle is sick. Go watch his Georgia tape. It is bonkers. And unlike Nick Chubb, who just ran through these massive gaping holes, Michelle just just broken tackle after broken tackle after stiff arm after just juking dudes out of their cleats. I mean, he is a special talent that they took in the first round, and he's practically free right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you, we were both uh, the kind of guys that our pants flew off talking about Sonny Michelle in the preseason. I'm buying low because I've now heard your answer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I skipped you. you. <laughs> yeah, damn it. <laughs> I think Fish got it Good right. Call. You did get it right. <laughs> My apologies. You get a I got so excited. Buy. I got so excited to jump in. Giovanni's hot question number I've three. I've never done that. History of five and three tough questions. I've never skipped a dude. Damn it. You're really excited. It's okay. I was. Will David Johnson finish the season as an RB1, RB2, flex-level player, or bench? Scott, um, this time I'm going to let you answer. Oh, man. Matt, I think Matt's got a better answer. I don't have a great take on this one. I, I think people are overreacting to one game against the Washington defense that looked really good. I think he should probably finish high-end RB2, low-end RB1. Mm-hmm. So th- this makes it a little bit of a tough question, but I think I'm going to stick with RB1. Tail end of RB1. Yeah. It's not long until Josh Rosen takes over this team, so you have a rookie quarterback who's going to be facing... You know, stacked boxes for David Johnson the rest of the season. And listen to this upcoming schedule. 
They have at the Rams this week. They have the Bears defense at home the following week. Seahawks, that's not as tough. At Niners, they looked really good. At Vikings, they're pretty good. Yeah. Broncos, great against running backs. And then the 49ers again. They don't get a really awesome plus matchup until the Chiefs on, on November 11th. So you're waiting until mid-November to feel really, really confident about David Johnson's matchup. And it's it's terrible that we got to look at matchups for David Johnson now. And oh, by the way, in Week 16, he gets the Rams again in the Fantasy Championship Week. Oof. So if I can do it, I want to trade David Johnson for the combo of the Pittsburgh runners, Saquon, Melvin Gordon, Zeke Elliott, guys who went a little lower in ADP. I'd like to make that trade right now for with David Johnson. Another note, it is a new coaching staff. Yeah, and that's that new coaching staff. It's, it may take them a while to figure out how to use them as well as Bruce Arians did. Bruce Arians is a really RB2 good now. offensive coach. Yeah, uh, <laughs> RB2 is the yeah, correct answer. Yeah. And the only other thing, you did a great job with this one, Matt. The only thing that I'll add to this, the offensive line woes, so real. The offensive line for the Cardinals generated by far the fewest yards before contact of any offensive line in the NFL through week one. Get this. 1.2 yards before contact. That's it. Terrible offensive line. We talked about it in the preseason. That was always the worry for him. So this, uh, and it all, it all came to fruition in week one, and I don't think it's going to get better on a regular basis. Uh, I want to mention the winner of our Crush Charts Challenge from week one. It is Ann Wickstrom, who will be joining me at Manny's. For the winner's banquet and her shot at the $2,000 grand prize. You can play along. You could be this week's Ann Wickstrom. Actually, she could win again. Then she'd have two entries into the drawing at the end of the year for the $2,000. But don't let her. Go play for free at grainbelt.com. Also of note, Twitter follower Dave Barton says, Todd Bauman's son, Aiden, is the starting quarterback for Buffalo who threw Eight touchdowns in the game. And 511 yards. 511 yards. And he lost. (laughs) Man, Man. that's one. (laughs) Unbelievable. Let's go uh, back to the matchups. Dolphins uh, taking on the Jets. Scott, uh, Ryan Tannehill was shockingly competent. And Kenny Stills looks like an emerging potential superstar candidate at wide receiver. What do you well, like as they take on the Jets? Of course he does. He's a star. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I only do, I don't have too many uh, startable guys here, but I did give Tannehill C. Not only did he look competent, and I know the Jets made Stafford look uh, look terrible, but uh, I, I think uh, I think the Jets are pretty middle of the road last year in most categories. I think he can be okay here. Mostly, I like. Stills as an A grade. Uh, Jets were bottom 10 against wide receivers last year. Stills in his last game against them, six catches, 85 yards, two touch, two touchdowns, and he did that uh, being targeted nine times. Just, nine times. There it is. Nine times. And the coaching staff wanted to wants to get more targets underneath. I, I think he's going to have a lot more than five targets in this one. Amendola was your take home. Mm-hmm. I had a starting grade on him as well. Yep. I'm benching everyone else, especially with Parker coming back. I don't think Jakeem the Dream sees seven targets again. No. So, uh, Kenyon Drake, I actually gave a B grade to. In, in his games, he's had 17 or more touches in all but one of his starting games. He played 74% of the snaps. Gore only played 29% of the snaps. He made them count. He did. Six yards of carry. But I don't know that he's going to do that consistently this year at this point in his career. That's fair to say. Uh, I I love the volume for Drake. I'm giving him a B grade. Hmm. Over to the Jets side. I don't know if I said it. Tannehill, I gave a C grade too. Okay. Uh, Over to the Jets side. 
I'm benching almost every. I'm benching almost all of the passing game. Darnold only had 21 attempts, and he didn't top 200 yards. That'll go he up. Looked good though. That'll go up. Uh, I mean, he completed the, most of his 21. He was right. like, yeah, you know, 17 of 21 or something. I, I do have a bench score on him. I just want to see it again. I know it'll go up because a six of among 16 game starters last year, Jacoby Brissett was the lowest, averaging 29 attempts a game. Yeah, so it will go up. Well, they didn't have to throw much they because they were up by a trillion. Right. Anderson, I'm benching. He only saw one target. I love him as a deep play touchdown threat, and he he led the NFL in 20 plus yard touchdowns last week mm-hmm. last year. But one target from Darnold yeah, that that's concerns that's me. Scary. I, I want to see him get more targets before. But what I start. about Anunwa? I love Anunwa. I do. <laughs> I made a I made a crazy proclamation on a podcast earlier this week about Anunwa. But uh, he saw ten of uh, Darnold's twenty one targets out there. I've mentioned this before. He's six two two twenty five and plays the slot, which gives him a usually a four to five inch advantage. Yeah, out there. And Darnold could not say he. Couldn't stop, but like glowing, saying nice things about Anunwa this week. Uh, I'm benching Pryor. Uh, he only played 40% of the snaps despite the 49 yards. Over to the running game, I don't like that Crowell and Powell split so much. Uh, Crowell, got the, uh, Crowell got the touchdowns, but Henry and Lewis, especially if you give Henry the 62-yard touchdown <laughs> that that, uh-huh. he, that got taken away, they they really torched Miami, both through the air to running backs and they on don't the have Dominican Sue clog in the middle. That's a big difference for Miami this year. Exactly, I gave both these guys C grades only because because they monopolize each other, but yeah. I think they're both startable. Right, right, yeah. All right, let's go to uh, the Raiders and Broncos, Matt. The almost nothing to like. From the Raiders game on Monday night, Amari Cooper in particular, very very disappointing. Other mm-hmm. than you know, Jared Cook was the you know the lone bright spot. Who do you like this week as they travel to Denver in a good Broncos defense? I hope Tony has my music queued up. Yeah, there it is. You want to know what I think about Marshawn Lynch? It's time for a sabotage. Sabotage. Oh, Marshawn no! Lynch charge. Yes. No. Don't do it. <laughs> Eleven carries last week. A shoulder and a groin injury. That's about what I expect out of Marshawn Lynch from now on. That Raiders defense is absolutely terrible, which means they're going to be playing behind all season long. That means Jalen Richard enters the game and leads the running backs in touches. It's time to think about sabotage dropping Marshawn Lynch in your league. There's no proof that John Gruden knows how to coach an offense anymore either. <laughs> that is true. Lynch's early run part. looked good, and they just went away from him the rest of the game. <laughs> they did. It, it made no sense at all. So he's on the bench, and I think he's a sabotage <laughs> drop against the Broncos. Wow. Much to the chagrin of Paul Charchi. That is much to my chagrin. <laughs> Derek Carr, I have a bench and drop grade on Derek Carr as well. Uh, in Denver, yeah. in three tries, Derek Carr has never topped 158 yards. Gross. Amari Cooper, he's on the bench. He's topped 58 yards four times in his last 17 games, had only three targets last week, and draws Chris Harris this week. Mm. Jordy Nelson, he's got a bench and drop grade as well. Four targets last week. He used to be a deep threat. Carr can't throw deep anymore. 26 of his 29 completions were within nine yards of, of the line of scrimmage. That it's is gross. Which which contract do the Raiders regret? Are are they going to regret more? <laughs> the one they gave their head coach or the one they gave their quarterback? The one they didn't give to Khalil Mack. Yeah, that, it cost them Khalil <laughs> yes. Mack, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they regret more. Uh, yeah. The only starter is Jared Cook, and I'm not trying to chase the huge stat line he had last week. That was great. He now holds the 
three different NFL franchise records for most tight end yards in a game. The Rams, the Raiders, and the Titans. He's he's the career leader for those franchises. But he's facing the Broncos this week. The Broncos, terrible tight end matchup. They gave up a huge game to Walt Disney. I mean, Will Disley last (laughs) week. Uh, Will Disley, by the way, not my take a chance on me tight end last week. It was Nick Vanette, his teammate. I know. almost got it right. You were so close. (laughs) almost got it right. Had you only thought about the the converted defensive end to tight end angle, I think then you would have found Will Disley. Um, Over on the Broncos, this will be brief because Philip Lindsay and Case Keenum were my take a chance on me, guys. I got a B for Royce Freeman. I talked about how the Raiders' defense was poor against the runners via the pass, but they also gave up 113 yards on the ground to running backs last week, so Freeman's a B. Manuel Sanders, easy A. He might be for a while. Case Keenum Mm -hmm. loves that slot receiver. That was on display. The Raiders allowed Cooper Cup to go for 59 yards and a touchdown last week. That's their weak spot in the secondary is their slot coverage. So Sanders is an A. Demarius Thomas gets a B. Cortland Sutton I got on the bench, though. Uh, both Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods had meager outputs in, in week one against the outside corners. Uh, Cooks was better at 5 for 87. That's about what I see for Demarius Thomas in this game, so that's... That's about a B grade there. Okay. And Jake Butts on the bench. I just wanted to say on air that I do not plan to touch Butt this weekend. Nicely done. Yep. Or but is it is it Jake Butt or Jake Butts? Just Butt. He's just Butt. Single Butt. All right. So we're not touching Butt. Uh, when we come back, Chiefs and Steelers, high flying shootout, points everywhere. Right. Wow. Game stack. They played. They played last year. Final score, 19-13. to 13. We'll tell Ooh. you what to expect between these teams when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Green Belt Premium on the fan. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly on the fan, week number two. Hope it was a 1-0 and start for you and your team's... They all went one and all. If they didn't, you got to, you know, certain amount of reflection, try to figure out was week one an anomaly? Did I just run into a, a hot opponent? What parts of my roster are going to be better going forward, which aren't? Don't hesitate to take drastic action. I mean, there, are, you know, we learn a lot in week one. Don't get so, don't get so bound to the picks that you made that meant so much to you in August. Correct. That you can't emotionally disassociate from those picks and look at the problems that your team has and the players who aren't going to work out and be realistic about it. ADP doesn't matter anymore. It, yeah, great. That's exactly it. To summarize in a word, in a phrase, ADP doesn't matter anymore. Just, you know, you need to have the second your draft steely is indifference as you examine your squad. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, turn through a few more matchups, including the Chiefs versus the Steelers. As I mentioned going into the break, these teams met last year. Shockingly low-scoring game, 13-19. to No chance that happens here. Uh, <laughs> no. Last I looked, the Vegas the Vegas line on this, I think, is 56. 52.5. 52.5, thank you. They're not going to go uh, Buffalo Elk River on it, though, No, right? they're, no. Uh, there, is, close. there is no Aiden Bauman <laughs> at the helm of either one of these teams. Let's start on the Kansas City side. Tyreek Hill, obvious A grade, could be sitting on the best wide receiver year year of any wide receiver potentially this season. We'll see how that goes. B grades for his quarterback, uh, Patrick Mahomes in this one. 
Uh, safe to say he's not going to get two shovel pass touchdowns in this game. I, I think that's not going to happen again. I don't even know that's safe to say. Yeah, yeah maybe it's going <laughs> to. Maybe every game it's going to be two shovel passes. God, will he take that? Um, but it's still a good matchup. The uh, as you guys know, I stuck my neck out on Mahomes big time. I'm not going to lie. When those touchdowns happened, where's the peacock? The long ones. Oh, I was jumping up and down in my living room, vaulted off the couch. Pants flew off my body. Completely naked, oh, for sure. Totally. I, I would, my nakedness was naked. The Steelers' secondary, already battered. Starting cornerback Joe Hayden is doubtful. Artie Burns is questionable. Burns only plays one side of the field, so even if Burns starts, the Chiefs, Chiefs can just put Hill on the other side of the field where there is apparently a player worse than Joe Hayden right now, Cameron Sutton. So, a great matchup for Hill here, and frankly, a good one for all of the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, B-grade, considered an A-grade for him here as well. He is my quarterback number 5 across the board this week. Also, I'll mention this. Steelers pass rush, maybe missing two players as well. Defensive tackle Cameron Hayward and defensive end Tyson Alulu. And if those guys can't go, now they're short in the secondary and the pass rush. I'm a, I'm sweating. Patrick Mahomes is an A grade. I'm switching That's it right, right now. I was it's an A grade. I was kind of questioning this. Tyreek, uh, sorry, we already mentioned Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey just one catch last week, and Pittsburgh was stellar against tight ends last year, allowing the fewest touchdowns and the fewest receptions to the position. They also held Cleveland tight ends last week to just 25 yards. But in his career against Pittsburgh, Kelsey has tallied six or more targets in all five games, so the game script has always worked for him here, and he's had 70 yards or more in half of them, so I I have a B grade on Kelsey, and I think he bounces back, but I don't see an explosive game coming. Sammy Watkins gets a C grade because of the injuries to the secondary that I outlined earlier. Only three catches from him last week, and he had a terrible drop. So I, I'm not sure that Sammy Watkins is a average NFL receiver at best. And Led, I, I led like, in wide receiver snaps last week, too, which did he? is weird. Yeah, over Hill. Yeah, over Hill. I, I just think he's just a guy, but he gets a C grade here. Kareem Hunt. In the meeting last year, Hunt totally shut down on the ground. 21 rushing yards. That is it. His day was saved through the air, though. He had 89 yards receiving in the matchup last year. That was the second highest total of his entire career. But get this. Kareem Hunt in his last 140 snaps, has garnered 20 receiving yards. Mm. Ooh. That's it. Wow. He, is, he has disappeared, is disappeared from the receiving game, and that's how he beat the Steelers last year. So he looked ordinary against the Chargers last week as well. The good news is Steelers allowed a whopping 4.7 yards per carry last year, but they only gave up 2.9 yards per carry to the Browns last week. There's a lot of things working against Kareem Hunt here. He is only a B start. Let's go to the Steelers' side. Roethlisberger, Brown, obvious A starts. Anytime Ben is at home, don't think twice. You just play him automatically. As bad as he looked on the road last week, he should be great at home. We've seen this over and over again. Antonio Brown's an obvious start. James Conner, A grade and my number 5 running back this week. Very good last week. And the last four times Le'Veon Bell faced the Chiefs, listen to the yardage totals. This is just rushing. 121. 144, 170, and 179 rushing yards for Le'Veon Bell. If you think that James Conner is, let's say, 80% of Le'Veon Bell, you're still looking at like 140 yards, 160-yard games, so that'd be great. Conner, what was it, 200 total yards last week? 
Bell touched the ball, by the way, in his last two meetings with Kansas City, 64 times. <laughs> so Connor's getting volume. I mean, everything here. Scream, start, James Connor. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster gets a C grade. Steelers slot receiver is the gets the only he matches up against the only member of the Chiefs secondary who's worth a damn and that's Kendall Fuller who came over in the Alex Smith trade. Fuller was terrific last year. He was very good in week 1. The Chargers had to throw around Kendall Fuller and that means Juju Smith-Schuster's got the worst matchup on the field. He drops all the way down to a C grade here. And here's your best and one of my favorite deep flyers for this week. He really should have been my take a chance on me receiver. Justin Hunter Mm. journeyman, former first-rounder, who's found himself in Pittsburgh. He started opposite Antonio Brown last week, and James Washington barely even hit the field. Hunter has a dream matchup against Orlando Skandrick, who's playing out of position. If you need a dart to throw this week, if you're looking for that that ultra-cheap DFS play, perhaps at Fanball, perhaps for the $25,000 prize pool by going to fanball.com slash radio, Justin Hunter. Is the way to go. Uh, for the tight ends for Pittsburgh, we're, they're, they're done for the year now. Vance McDonald comes back. That means that he's going to share time with, with, uh, James, Jesse James. It's over for yep. both. Yep. Moving on. Why are you so low on Mahomes? I have him top four this week. I have him at five. Oh, okay. I thought you had I got him at five. I don't okay. have, you know, That's fair. That's fair. And you know what? And it's only because I, I, I'm so deeply passionately, romantically in love with Patrick Mahomes that, you're worried that about I have us. to check my own enthusiasm yeah. a little bit. I get that. All right, thank you. Uh, Eagles take on the Bucks. Scott, we've already talked about some of our plays that we love here. The Bucks are short. They're number one, number two, and number three starting cornerbacks for this game. Yeah, and, and for that reason, uh, Foles is your take-home, obviously. Mm. Uh, for that reason, I have Nelson Aguilar as an A grade. He had 10 targets last week. Didn't do a lot with him, but that's that's going to be rare. <laughs> with When you get 10 targets, you're going to do a lot more. And thanks to Rich Rebar for this stat, the Bucks allowed 13 slot receiver receptions last week. Aguilar plays the slot. Could be a big day. He's my number 11 wide receiver this week. I love him. They were the worst in the league against wide receivers last year. Uh, Mike Wallace, honestly, I want want to start him, but he had no catches last week, so I just can't trust him even in a a great matchup. So I'm still benching him. Uh, Ertz gets the A grade there. Uh, he led the Eagles in targets. Uh, I know that the Bucks have only allowed three tight ends over 50 yards in the last 19 games, but they faced Ingram. Olsen, and then Ebron was the third best tight end in that stretch. So uh, I, I think that Ertz is still an A. Yep. Clement was my take home in the running game. Ajayi, I'm giving a B grade too. Sproles is out. Ajayi is still going to get his 15 touches. And, and my theory on the, the Ajayi usage last week was basically that they were trying to heal up his foot, which I think is now completely healed. And they, the Falcons are ter- terrible against pass catcher and running backs, and that's why Sproles played so much last week. Uh, this week, Ajayi and Clement, 15-ish touches each. Mm. Uh, B grade for Ajayi. Over to the Buccaneers. I'm benching Fitzpatrick after a QB1 performance. Yeah. Get you're, the, so, you're so ballsy that you'll bench the number one quarterback yeah. in fantasy football. <laughs> yep. Number one player in yep. fantasy football. Get, get this stat. My, my boy Ryan McDowell came up with this one. Fitzpatrick has been a QB1, a top 12 quarterback, 35 times. His average finish the following week, QB23. Wow. He comes back terrible. He <laughs> comes back to earth in a major way. He does not reload. He, he cannot keep it up for the second performance. Uh, the Eagles, 
The Eagles have held six of the last 10 QBs they faced under 200 yards and only 12 touchdowns to those 10 quarterbacks. I'm benching him and most of the most of the passing game because of that. D-Jack's in a revenge game. He's he's hurt, might not play. Uh, Evans is an obvious A grade, though. It doesn't matter with the matchup. He's an obvious A grade yeah. for me here. Uh, Godwin, I'm giving a C grade to. In games where he's played 40 or more snaps, He's done really well. He's done well in all of his starts. He he's had at least 68 yards or a touchdown. He played 70% of the snaps last week. Djax played 30%. Yeah. So, um benching Howard, benching Brait, uh tight ends, uh, Eagles are good against tight ends. Can't can't start him. I'm actually benching Barber as well. It took wow. him it took him 19 touches to not be that good <laughs> last week. And the Eagles allowed the fewest yards to running backs last year yeah, and the brutal third, mat- third brutal fewest matchup for him. Yeah, so I'm benching I'm benching Barber. I don't care if he gets 20 touches, I'm still benching him. All right, fair enough. Yeah. I'm going right. to do this next one in 1 minute, charge. Patriots Jags. No, you're a Cardinals Rams. Cardinals Go. Rams. David Johnson, A grade. Nine really? targets, five receptions. Rams allowed 145 total yards in a score to the Raiders' backs last week. Oh, you're so wrong on this. Nope. Terrible offensive line. Vastly improved run defense with Ndamukong Sue for the Rams. He's you're, gonna get. He is. He you're is in deep ruining trouble. my minute right now. Larry Fitzgerald, B grade, <laughs> ten targets, seven receptions, 76 yards last week. Fitz and DJ told 19 targets. The rest of the team had 14. Ricky Seals Jones, he gets a C grade, encouraging that he had six targets. Ran routes on 73% of the Cardinals' plays last week. The Rams did just give up the farm to Jared Cook last week, too. That might be the way to gouge this defense. The rest of the passing game, including Sam Bradford on the bench. Todd Gurley, easy A. Cooper Cup, B grade, led the team in red zone targets with three, including two inside the 10, nine total targets. In the two meetings last year, Cup had 51 and a score in the first, 68 yards in the second. Cooks, Woods, both C grades. Eight targets last week, drew very long pass interference call for Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. Those don't count as targets, though, so he would have had 10. Cooks ran 85% of his routes on the outside, making him the likely matchup against Patrick Peterson. That's why he gets the C. Woods had nine targets. He gets the C, too. Tied with Cup with two targets inside the 10. Woods only played the cards once last year with a meager 5 for 59 coming out of that game. Just a little tepid on him. Finally, Jared Goff. I like everybody, so i got to give Jared Goff a B. Um, Goff has thrown for multiple touchdown passes in eight of his last nine regular season games. The Cardinals have allowed multiple touchdowns in six of their last nine games, and the Rams put up 32 and 33 points against Arizona in their last two meetings with them. That was well done. It was concise, but it was still way more than one minute. But that's okay. I blame you. We will take. It's all my fault. <laughs> uh, we will take a break. Our final set of matchups and your premature speculation and your calls. Lightning round, all of that coming in a power-packed final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonis on the Fan. One final mention of the very special deal we put together at Fanball, totally free. $25,000 contest for week two. Just build a roster. Go to you know, A, you have to go. You the only the only way to do this deal, you have to go to fanball.com slash radio. If you don't go there, you're not gonna get the deal. Yep. Uh fanball.com slash radio, twenty five thousand dollar prize pool. You get to enter for free and just build a roster, see what happens. Twenty like twenty twenty nine hours from now, you could be sitting on five grand and cost you nothing. 
Uh, this is a no strings attached deal. There's no fancy, no, no, there's no gotcha at the end of this. Just go build a roster, register for the site. That's it. 25 grand. Fanball.com slash radio. Let's, uh, segment we like to call premature speculation. The idea is we give you a guy to pick up this week that other people are going to wish they already had on their roster, like Philip Dorsett last week. <clears throat> Let's see who we're recommending, Scott. You know, in my leagues, Jalen Richard is still available even after the 11 targets and mm-hmm. then catching nine of them this last week. I don't love the Denver matchup this week, and maybe that's why he's still available pretty widely. Uh, terrible matchup, top five uh, run defense against uh, receiving backs. But after that, he gets Miami, who uh, <laughs> who gave up six for 40 through the air and 141 and one total and a 62-yarder ca- called back. Fourth most receptions and second most receiving touchdowns to running backs last year. And then after that, he gets the Browns, who were uh, bottom 12 against receiving backs last year and just torched by Connor. So he's, he's got a couple really good matchups coming up after this week. All right. Matt, I who's got, your premature speculation player? I got the guy that uh, is not Justin Hunter on the Steelers. That's James Washington. <laughs> I'm chalking last week up to first game for a rookie, weird weather, super rainy, and and windy and this week they play the Chiefs who allowed 16 receptions to wide receivers in week one that was the seventh most in the league so he's got a good shot to get some play this week the Chiefs also allowed the second most yards and the third most receptions to wide receivers in 2017 next week they get the Buccaneers who allowed the most receptions and yards to wide receivers last year and who allowed a league high 23 receptions to wide receivers in week one against the Saints I think it's James Washington, but if you want to plug in Justin Hunter and for say right the same now, thing, for right now, for right now, I'd want to do Justin Hunter. If you ask me in week twelve who's starting, yeah, then it's Washington. I think he's a long term hold. Uh, bizarrely, in fifty eight percent of ESPN's leagues, Aaron Jones, the best running back by a mile Agreed. on the Packers, Agreed. is available. You got a coin flip's chance that Aaron Jones is available in your league. He's so much better than Williams, who's utterly mundane. Williams, 3.6 yards per carry last season, and he to this point he's 3.1 yards per carry this season. Get this, Aaron Jones, 5.5 yards per carry last year. He's suspended for these first two games. Williams did nothing last week. He's going to do nothing against the Vikings. Jones is going to come in looking like a hero. After what Jamal Williams has done, I think I said this in the preseason like four times during our shows. Yeah, Brian loves Jamal, but Aaron Jones ten ten uh, carries over ten yards last year. Jamal one. <laughs> Look, it's not close. That Aaron Jones is the best running back average. on the Packers. Period. End of story. Uh, let's uh, let's dive back into our matchups, beginning with the Patriots taking on the Jaguars. Yep. Um, normally, this is the point of which I say. Obvious A for Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, and you know we, we just move on. But it's the Jaguars. <clears throat> this is an elite secondary that ranked number one in passing yards allowed, number three in passing touchdowns allowed, number two in fantasy points to quarterbacks allowed. Last year, last week, they totally dominated Eli Manning. They held him to a scoreless 224 yards. So we look back at the AFC Championship game when these teams played last January. Tom Brady managed 290 yards and two touchdowns in that game. But to get to 290 yards and two scores, they only ran the ball 13 times. All the rest were passes. That was 38 passes. So I'm nervous about Tom Brady here, but a B grade because he's Tom Brady, and he threw for 290 and two last time they met. Uh, Let's talk about his receivers. Philip Dorsett gets a C grade here. Um, 
He fills the spot vacated by Brandon Cooks, who went for 100 yards in the AFC Championship game. But he's going to likely draw Jalen Ramsey, and it's a brutal matchup. And frankly, I prefer you don't have to start him. Cordell Patterson's on the bench, but I'll note that he does work out of the slot, which gives him the easiest matchup among the Jaguars cornerbacks, DJ Hayden. Total dart throw here, but I couldn't get myself to put a uh, to put a starting grade in Cordero after he only had one target last week. Chris Hogan on the bench, just one catch last week, had two catches against the Jaguars in the playoff game. He has a brutal matchup with A.J. Bouye. Buy low on Chris Hogan. Do it today because he had the bad game last week, and the Chris Hogan owner doesn't want to start him this week. You'll never have a lower price on Tom Brady's number one wide receiver than Chris Hogan right now. Go buy low. And very secretly, check out Chris Hogan's price on Fanball this week. Shh. Shh. Quiet. Rob Gronkowski gets a B grade here. He had just one catch in the AFC Championship game, but he was pretty dinged up for a lot of last season. No, he, remember he was knocked out with a concussion Oh, that was in it. That yeah, game. yeah, yeah. This That's is a revenge right. game for oh, Gronk. Injury revenge game. Yeah. Um, Jags were elite against tight ends last year, and they shut down Evan Ingram last week, holding him to 18 yards. And what else we got? Running game. Let's talk about James White. Well, first, know this. Rex Burkhead probably plays despite being in the concussion protocol, but we don't know for sure, and he's heading towards a potential game-time decision. He had only one carry in the playoff game. And then Sony Michelle might make his debut. That would muddy the waters further. The Jaguars held Saquon Barkley to two yards per carry, except for the 64-yard touchdown that Barkley had. And so I've got Burkhead on the bench. I've got uh, I've got Sony Michelle on the bench. We're going to take a, w- a watch on his status. We don't even know for sure if he's going to play. James White gets a C grade here. He scored last week, but nothing comes easily against the Jaguars. And White was totally invisible in the playoff game last uh, last January. And the Jaguars only gave up three running back scores through the air last year. Now, if Burkhead and Michelle are both inactive, which is possible. Yeah. Then James White would elevate up to a B-level start. Let's go to the Jaguar side. This thing's super murky, and it's all about Leonard Fournette, so let's talk it through for a minute. Very limited practice this week. He had the hamstring injury that knocks him out of last week. Hamstrings are notorious for re-injury and aggravation. So you roll all that together, and I think unless you get a very strong message that he's going to be active, and he's going to start, and he's going to get a lot of snaps... I think he's a very high risk play here. When active, um, you know, I, when active, if, he, if he's getting, if he were getting a full workload, he would probably get a B grade. As it stands right now, I have a nervous C on Leonard Fournette, and my preference here is you don't even have to start him. I think T.J. Yeldon is the mo- will most likely end up with more more total touches than Fournette, even if Fournette is active for this game. So it's just a lot of danger and a lot of moving parts, and I wish you could do something different. The Patriots allowed 4.9 yards per carry last week, and that's in line with the crappy 4.7 they gave up all of last year. So running backs can get it done here. I'm just nervous about the rotation and the hamstring and the threat of re-injury. So I've got C grades on Yeldon and Leonard Fournette. In the passing game, in three games without Leonard Fournette, Blake Bortles... Average is 300 passing yards, and so he'll be asked to carry more here if Fournette can't go. He threw for 293 yards in the playoff game, so he's actually a, a plausible play. I've got a C grade on him here, but the Patriots totally shut down Deshaun Watson last week, and I don't love any of his receiver matchups. Uh, Keelan Cole gets a barely gets a C grade because he goes up against their best cornerback, Stephon Gilmore. And really, just because he's the only plausible receiver they've got, I'm not starting Dante Moncrief. 
Not starting Austin's Ferian Jenkins. The Patriots are excellent against tight ends last year and last and last week, so I don't like any of them. Let's go to our next matchup. Lions taking on the 49ers. Lions couldn't have looked more dreadful, and Matthew Stafford in particular. Do you like him any better here, Scott? I do. I think it was more of an anomaly. I know he's looked bad in the preseason and bad last week, but I think he I think he rebounds this week. Uh, 49ers were bottom third in the league against quarterbacks last week last year. Cousins had no key outing last week. Uh, Stafford probably should fall behind in this game and and try to catch up. I I'm not I'm not among the people that think he's going to throw three four interceptions again. Right? All right. Uh, Golden Tate, uh, B grade for Stafford, which might be a little high, but Tate, uh, solid A grade. He had 15 targets last week, and Thielen crushed them, San Francisco, from the slot last week. Yep. Uh, Marvin Jones, C grade. He had eight targets last week. I don't know that he's going to get there this week, but uh, as the third wide receiver on the team, he might be able to get just enough in garbage time to uh, make that C grade. Kenny Galladay, A grade. Uh, of course. Because he's the best wide receiver on the... I just love Kenny Galladay. He uh, played 93% of the team's offensive snaps. Uh, 52 routes run, second in the NFL, 12 targets. That's 16.3 yards per carry, yards per reception. That's huge. He's going to score this week. Riddick, pass-catching backs are good against the 49ers. Um, uh, they're bottom 10 last week in that, so I'm giving Riddick a C grade. Over to the, over to the 49ers side, Garoppolo. B grade. He's averaging almost exactly 300 yards per game in his six starts. Only seven touchdowns and eight interceptions, but I think those are going to come mm. eventually. He looks like a pro, so I'm giving him B grade here. C grade for Gerson, who led the San Francisco skill players in snaps last week. Didn't do a lot with it, but it's coming. Uh, Dante Pendis was my take on. George Kittle. He should have had 150 yards in a touchdown last week. He's got an A grade for me. He's been lights out, averaging 18 yards per catch. Uh, lights out with uh, Garoppolo. I give him an A grade. And Morrison Breda in the running game. I can see them doing what Crowell and Powell did last week. They they sopped up 162 yards and two scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Lions, bad against pass catching backs. That's good for Breda. Morris is the goal line back, actually tied for the league lead in NFL with carries inside the five. That's good for him. I can see a similar thing. C grades for both of them. All right, let's move on. Giants taking on the Cowboys. Matt. It's the usual suspects in this game that you're going to start, and you're not going to start anybody else. Ezekiel Elliott, the easy A grade, with a 20-touch guaranteed, and the Giants allowed 130 to running backs last week. Dak Prescott in the passing game, they're all on the bench. Yep. Uh, Dak finished with less than 200 yards in eight of his last 11 games. He has wow. no help from his pass catchers. And even Cole Beasley, who did lead the team in targets and topped 50 yards for mm-hmm. the second time in 22 games. Yeah. Yeah, you're not playing him either. Over to the Giants side, Saquon Barkley is an easy A. He's the most bankable Giants player, I think, for maybe the whole year. On to the passing game, Eli Manning. Dave Sinekin talked about this in the last show. He said Eli Manning owns the Cowboys. Well, that's not true. He's not topped 228 yards against the Cowboys in the last six meetings and only has five touchdowns in that six-game span. Mm. Eli Manning's on the bench, but I'm still giving Odell Beckham an A. 15 targets and 11 receptions last week, and they moved him around the field to avoid Jalen Ramsey. He had 36% of his routes from the slot. That's triple what he did under Ben McAdoo. His last 100-yard game versus Dallas, though, was November of 2014. I think he's got a shot to break that this t- this time, though. And Evan Engram's the only other starter. I just gave him a C grade. I'm concerned that Engram only had five targets while Beckham had 15. Yeah. Remember that most of Engram's production last year came as a result of Odell being gone. So Dallas is a middle-of-the-road opponent. 
but you you drafted Engram to be your starting tight end, and you got to start him with a C. Sterling Shepard's on the bench, though. Uh, Seahawks take on the Bears, our final matchup. And for the Seahawks, there's only two starters, uh, really. Chris Carson ran for seven yards per carry in Week 1, and then he fumbled, and Pete Carroll decided to make a statement, and he put in bulbous rookie Rashad Penny, who got one yard per carry. <laughs> so, you know, I don't, whatever message he was trying to make, I think the message I got was that Chris Carson's really good and Rashad Penny's really bad. We'll continue to start Carson here with a B grade. Chicago's a good run defense, though, and this is not an easy matchup, and they could fall behind. Russell Wilson gets a C grade. The Bears are the only defense in the NFL to finish in the top ten of all of these stats, each of which is salient to Russell Wilson's game last year. Passing yards allowed, passing touchdowns allowed, rushing yards by quarterbacks, quarterback rushing touchdowns. They were top 10 in all of those. All of that works against Russell Wilson here. I don't like any of his receiver matchups, and the tight end position is a void. So, Russell Wilson, just a C grade here. Tyler Lockett, I'm tempted to play him, maybe, uh, but he, he's got the, he's got maybe their best matchup against Bryce Callahan. You, C grade. I'll give him a C grade. That's it. Let's go to Chicago side. Love Jordan Howard. The Seattle just let Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay rack up 142 rushing yards, and he played 71% of the snaps in the opener. He is an A grade. And uh, I even t- I even give it a C grade to Tariq Cohen as well. Seattle, great against receiving backs last year, but there's a totally different defense, and Philip Lindsay was good in the air against Seattle last week. He had eight touches last week. Uh, Cohen did. And that's the problem with, I guess, Cohen is you only get the eight-ish touches, but a C grade for him here, too. From uh, a passing standpoint, I I actually like Mitch Trubisky here. I'm giving him a C grade and a bounce-back effort, and I'm predicting a two-touchdown game for, for Mitch Trubisky. For Sad Trombonski? From, for t- Sad Trombonski. I think he bounces back nicely here because he's got nice matchups all over the field, including Allen Robinson. Uh, Seattle's playing an out-of-position safety, a cornerback named Trey Flowers. His first ever history of his life game at cornerback happened last week, and Denver abused him all over the field. Mm -hmm. Robinson lines up all over the field. He'll find him regularly. So will Taylor Gabriel, who will actually line up against him the most based on what we saw in Week 1. He's a dart throw as well, and I like Trey Burton. He finished Week 1 with just one catch. I know that. He was ignored wide open in the end zone. I, I know that as well. The six targets, though, were encouraging, and he's got a positive matchup against pedestrian song strong safety Bradley McDougald. Um, <laughs> I still think Trey Burton can lead the Bears in total receptions this year. It's going to be a very abbreviated lightning round. Sorry, I'm very patient for everybody's uh, very grateful for everybody's patience. One question between two players: Ben's been on hold for two hours. Thank you, Ben. Wow, love you guys again. Twenty eighteen. Thank you. Uh, quick question. Let's do it this way. Mike Williams or any of the receiving corp to the Niners? <laughs> I like that. It's a little sneaky. I, I still think it's Mike Williams. I, I love Pettis this week, but I'm still going Mike Williams. Michael, you're next. For an IR spot, for a foreman of Houston, Henry of San Diego, McGuire. One question between two players. Mike, you're next. Uh, yeah, uh, PPR League, uh, Kevin Coleman or Yeldon? Okay. Kevin Coleman, not Easy. close. Yep, yep. Coleman. Uh, Freeman out for anybody who hasn't heard uh, heard the news on that. Mike, you are next. Mike? Oh, Tom? Hello? 
Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Love the show. Standard scoring. I have Devontae Adams and Quincy Inunua. Inunua. You pick one. Um, Thank you. I am going to take uh, Adams, assuming that Rogers starts in standard scoring. Uh, John, you're our final caller in this very abbreviated version. All right. Uh, thank you. Cooper Cup or Marvin Jones Jr.? Cooper Cup for me. He's such a red zone beast. He's going to score again. Yeah, I think so too. We'll I answer so more too. lightning round questions on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, and all my player rankings answer all of these, and they're available for free at fanball.com. Yeah. You can get all my player rankings and explanations, and that answers most of your Who Do I Start questions. Uh, thanks, everybody. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast, KFN Fan On Demand, also on iTunes. Bye bye. This afternoon at 2.30, the Minnesota Gophers host Miami of Ohio on the radio home of the Gophers. FM 100.3 KFAN, the fan.